everybody be cool. You be cool. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Is this a dream? Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. I hope not. If it were, they'd be wrong. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, I'm Catherine, and today I'm joined by BBFC director David Cook, and we're going to discuss the classification of the very first Harry Potter film to be rated 12A, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Now, Harry Potter is likely to be a very well-known series for most listeners, but for those who might not know the franchise of books or films, can you give us a bit of wider context about the film, David? Gosh, you don't want much, do you? I'm likely to turn myself into a laughing stock by trying to answer this, but OK, let's, let's have a go. Harry Potter is a young wizard, and he's attending uh, Hogwarts, where he has a bunch of schoolmates, and they do lots of school things with teachers and so on and all of that's jolly and fun but there's a much kind of deeper side to it as well which is that it quickly becomes apparent that there's a really um, deep conflict between evil and good going on and uh, Harry and his friends are not merely bystanders in this conflict they're actually involved in it and quite a lot of it turns out to revolve around Harry Potter himself. The books are incredible page turners and I think one of the reasons for that is this sense that there's always something in reserve, you know, there's always a deeper mystery that uh, that you don't understand. I think the other thing that makes them such page turners is that quite often you're not sure whose side somebody is on, so is somebody a goodie or a baddie and you have to keep changing your mind about that. But the books were um, turned into a very successful film franchise. And yeah, they are phenomenally successful and popular. Now, there's seven books in the series, yeah. isn't there? So they were sold on, I think, almost straight away as rights to, to films with Warner Brothers. And um, we saw um, the first film when it came through. And what, what did we think of that? And, and how did it compare to the films that came after it? Well, the first three were PGs, and you have to remember that we're talking about some time ago here. So the one that we're going to talk about, Goblet of Fire, was 2005, I think. So yeah. that's really taking me right back to the, the beginning of my time at the BBFC. But the basic classification issue is that PG, one of the things PG means is a film ought to be generally suitable for anybody aged eight or over. And the first three Harry Potter films, you know, lots of excitement, lots of fun, but the view was pretty clear that they could all be classified at PG. But for anybody who'd read the books or was reading the books as, as I was at that stage, and it was partly for professional reasons, it's partly because my younger niece was really, really keen on them and kept on asking me questions about them. But you got a sense that as, the, um, as Harry and his friends got older and as the mystery deepened and the, the evil became more evil, that was going to be difficult to contain and and so it proved with number four in the series. So what was the process when um, Goblet of Fire came in? 
Well, I'm, I'm racking my brains on this because I have to confess that my personal electronic records only go back to 2007. So we're back into the sort of dark ages personally for me. But I'm, I'm pretty clear that I have a recollection of going over to Warner's to view the film for advice, which is a natural thing on such a big title as this. And also, I don't mind going somewhere else because, understandably, there are all kinds of issues about security and not having piracy and that sort of thing. I went over to Warner's with the senior examiners. So we did an advice viewing and we thought, this is it. The moment has been reached where Harry Potter can no longer be contained at PG. We had a conversation afterwards with Warner's And basically they accepted that. I think they thought that this was likely to happen anyway. Frankly, the people at Warner's are incredibly well-versed in BBFC classification anyway. You know, they really, really know the guidelines very well. And I I think they had to agree with us that um, the moment had been reached. So what were the key classification issues in Goblet of Fire that really took it to the 12A? I mean, I watched it recently myself because Ah. I knew we were going to record this podcast. Ah. And and I'll admit, I watched it with my mum. She did cover her eyes and (laughs) scenes and she definitely screamed at a dragon. Ah. um, At least once, if not twice. Well, you'll have it much better in your head than me then, Catherine, because, you know, as an aside, I am genuinely sceptical at least about myself as to how well you can remember a film after 10 years uh, or indeed a shorter period once you get to my kind of age but I think there were two big issues really one was to do with the death of um, Cedric Diggory who was a very popular member of the school And in the earlier books, there'd been things that looked as though they might be going to lead in that sort of direction, but it had turned out all right. You know, it had turned out that people had merely been frozen into stone or something like that. That's not the case with the the death of Cedric Diggory. And it it is quite an affecting thing, and the whole of Hogwarts sort of pretty much grieves about it in, in the last part of the film. So that was new. And the other thing was that there was a level of intensity, uh, sustained intensity, about it. As I recall, and you have to correct me if I go wrong on this, there's a, there's a tri-wizard tournament, isn't there, where um, there are some really demanding contests going on. And I think it's the second one is set underwater. Yeah, that's that, right. That is quite sustained and quite scary. Yeah, I've forgotten all about that, actually. <laughs> and... Um... Yeah, when it came on, I was just kind of thinking, hang on, this is this is really, really sinister because yeah. Harry's friends are, are under the water mm. um, in one of those scenes as well and, you, and, and he's got to choose which one he's got to save. And the film really does build up from the first tournament, he's being chased by a dragon and that, that goes on for quite a long time. Mm. But like you mm. said, you still get this sense, despite my mother's squealing and covering her eyes, that Harry is going to be okay. And, and although mm. it's it's slightly sort of touch and go, you know he's going he's gonna to get out of there. And then with the second tournament, it gets more sinister again and, and you're really not sure what's going to happen. And then obviously third tournament, the third things one, that happen after that. The third one gets even worse, doesn't it? The third one is set in a maze and then it gets quite scary and they're whisked off to a scene in which Harry actually comes face to face with 
he who must not be named. I'm not sure whether I must name him or not in this podcast, but, um, you know, it gets really, really serious. And there are death spells being cast, which Harry has to counter. So really getting beyond the kind of zone where you could safely say anybody aged eight, nine or ten could cope with this without too traumatic an experience you know that just um it just wouldn't work as an argument yeah and intensity um at 12a is something that we we take very seriously Mm. isn't it it's something Mm. that the public tell us again and again in our guidelines reviews that um tone and intensity even at 12a needs to be broken up by more reassuring scenes and i think you do get that sense um in the harry potter films at 12a that there are these big set pieces that are quite intense but then the tone comes back down again and, yeah. and it's resolved even if there is still this underlying feeling of, of evil being there you, you know that um, there is ultimately hopefully going to be resolution and I mm. think the the character that Harry Potter's built up in the first few films helps you hold on to that yes. through the later films that are a bit darker. Well, to my mind, and I guess this is why we're talking about Goblet of Fire, really, it is one of the seminal films in terms of understanding the BBFC 12A classification. And people sometimes say, you will have heard this argument, that 12A is a bit of a cop-out, you know, we should be making up our minds, is it actually 12 or, or, or is it not 12 and of course what 12a means is only generally suitable for 12 and up but parents are able to take their own judgment based on their own unique knowledge of their children as to whether to take younger children accompanied but imagine me over at Warner's watching the first Harry Potter film that has to go up to 12 and imagine if I had only had a straight 12 available to me and not the 12a I would have been in big trouble wouldn't I because I would have been in effect trying to legislate that um, no child in the land under the age of 12 could go and see the new Harry Potter film and that would have been deeply uncomfortable position to be in so there are times and this is a one of the best illustrations I know where that flexibility in the 12a is really really vital in terms of um, producing a result which will satisfy the public and give parents and children what they want and need you know nowadays of course they get the ABFC insight as well in its long and its short form which will will tell the parents every classification issue and even non-classification issues as well that they need to know about in making that decision. Yes, 12A is a very, very broad category, and Mm. I think that's unavoidable. The category that's going to be the final non-restrictive category is always going to be the one that's going to be the trickiest to deal with and the broadest, I think. It is, and it's very common in um, categorisation systems around the world that you get this structure where you have what technically you call mandatory categories up at the upper end. That's, you know, ones where you have to do basically what the age classification says. And you get advisory categories at the lower end. And, of course, they meet in the middle. Um, so we have this hybrid category of 12a 
It's not going to satisfy everybody. There are going to be circumstances in which people won't like the results around the PG-12A and the 12A-15 border. But for me, I think the arguments in favour of it still heavily outweigh the arguments against. And um, I think the public still agrees with that. I think you're right. I think it's something where parental choice is very important and we do everything that we can to ensure that parents have the tools they need to make those choices. I mean, um, just for example, recently we've been adding child-friendly long BBFC insight to our children's website as well. So it's a a slightly sanitised version of long BBFC insight in that we've taken out any naughty words or things that we think that parents wouldn't want their children reading sort of more detail about imitable techniques and mm. and we've put a version of that on our children's website because we also want to encourage children to read long insight as well don't we and sort of to get an idea for themselves if they think a film is going to be right for them especially at the lower categories um, we do we do and i think it's not just something the public want i think it's also grounded in the science of child development and um, the the period around 12 is recognised in the scientific literature as being a a key period and one in which different children develop at different speeds and you know who is going to know better how children are are placed um, than their own parents so I, I think it makes sense in those terms as well. Definitely. Well, we could go on for quite a long time (laughs) talking about various big film franchises at 12A, but I won't ask you to do that for us today, David. Thank you very much for joining us and for talking to us about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Now, if anyone listening has any ideas for films they'd like us to feature on the podcast, you can email us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk. You can fill in the feedback form on our website or you can tweet us at bbfc.